0: Open it up to Matthew's Gospel. We're just going to read out of Matthew tonight. I believe there were some notes out there as well. If you didn't get them, you can grab them. Afterwards, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. I want to read to you several verses here. We're going to be talking about ways that God speaks. It's really interesting in the uh, birth accounts how much talking God was doing. So if you have your Bibles open to the Gospel of Matthew, we'll start chapter 1, verse 20. We read, But while, meaning Jesus, thought about these things, in other words, he found out that his betrothed was with child, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Verse 2, just talking about ways God is speaking here, we find uh, the magi or the wise men in some of your versions who have come from the east, they're making a stop in Jerusalem. Verse 2 saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, isn't that interesting, his star, not any ordinary star, but his star in the east. And have come to worship him. How many, of you, how many of you know that God spoke to them through that star? Leaping over to verse 12, again speaking of these wise men after they had worshiped the Lord with their gifts, it says, Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Leap over to verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. There's a whole lot of dreaming going on in there. Saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. So God's saying, I want you to go somewhere. Go to Egypt. He spoke in a dream and he said, you just hang tough there and I'm going to bring a word to you again. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night. And departed for Egypt. Leap to verse 19. It says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then if we jump over 21, verse 22. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a what? Isn't that amazing? In a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. And so we just are pulling out some passages in these birth scriptures about how God was speaking at the time of his son's birth. The New Testament, if you have your notes in front of you, opens in a flurry of dreams, visions, angelic visitations and unusual phenomena, i.e. like stars in the sky, to illustrate us to us the varied ways God speaks to his people. There could be little doubt that God uses many ways to talk to us. In Psalm 29, it's one of my favorite psalms. I'll not read you the whole thing, but um, it's, it's a great psalm about the voice of the Lord. And I'm only going to read you verse 3, but if you went down through the whole psalm, There's a lot of wonderful imagery that is spoken of concerning the voice of the Lord. And it says in in verse three, Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. And so um, I always look at verse three and and I kind of see an imagery of the Lord using wide and varied means in order to speak to us. I mean, some of you. I mean, well, let's just take a little poll. I mean, how many of you feel like you've heard God speak to you before? I mean, I don't care how he's done it. You just felt like you would say, I felt like God spoke to me. All right, that's just about everybody here. Now, for some of you, that may have been an impression on the inside. For some of you, you may have heard a voice. I have no qualms that you may have heard a voice. Uh, Others, you may have heard the Lord through certain circumstances or maybe through some instruction or preaching or teaching. I, I mean, if we took a little survey to see how God spoke to you, um, I'm sure it would be wide and varied. And all of those things can be indeed ways that God gets through to us. And in the Christmas story, we see this happening uh, in a very dramatic way, particularly through dreams. Now, i want to talk about dreams tonight. I've taught on dreams before. It's been, it's been many years since I have, uh, since I have taught on dreams. I don't even know that I've done it since I've been here at Legacy or not. Years ago, I taught a little college course, made a manual called Dreams and Visions. And so uh, there's, there's just a couple books out there. In fact, if you'd like to read on this stuff, I'll give you one of the guys' names, Herman Riffle. You can't hardly forget a name like that. But you know, he's about the only one I've found that has written sort of in a, in a, in a way you can handle in this area of, of dreams. And, and so if that's of interest to you, you could probably go to Amazon.com and find some of his books. Now, let me also say this up front. Whenever, whenever I teach on dreams, it seems, I, it, well, it's not me. It's just it's the Lord seems to activate people's dream life. It, w- it would not surprise me one bit if you went home tonight and had a dream, a God dream. It wouldn't surprise me one bit. Now, uh, that's good. That's what his word should do. His word should activate things in you. And uh, it can cause you to anticipate maybe the Lord speaking to you in that way. And we'll talk about why he does that. I I am going to put this little disclaimer out here because the times I have instructed on it (laughs) and I know everybody means well, but I usually get a series of folks that want to tell me their dreams and I I want that and I want to be an encouragement to you, but I can, I'll, I'll tell you why it probably means a whole lot more to you than it might to me. And I'm not necessarily an interpreter of dreams. I've had people tell me 20-minute <laughs> dreams. <laughs> and then they say, what do you think? I don't know. I don't <laughs> You know, I could take a stab at it. But we'll, we'll talk about all those things. And the reason I'm doing that is, is, is not to alienate you or not to get wisdom or counsel. Those things are important too. But it, it's just that you know when God speaks to us and it's a dream, it can be an exciting thing. And, and we'll talk about what you need to do with it before you just go off and share it. How many of you know Joseph got a vision and a dream and he shared it and it got him in a pit? All right. So maybe some things aren't meant to be shared as quickly as we think. According to experts, people dream at least one hour or more every night. If you were to say, no, not me, that's really not true. You just don't remember it. Everybody dreams Every night. You may not remember it. You may not think you do. But that is the truth. An hour or more every night. And if you do the math on that, that means in an average person's life, you'll spend three years dreaming. Isn't that amazing? Three years of your life is spent dreaming. Now, the reason this is important is because I believe dreams are one of the ways we're able to see things potentially in the spirit realm. Dreaming can be a portal to the spiritual realm, as it offers extended amounts of time when our natural senses and defense mechanisms are down. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean that when you go to sleep, you you aren't you aren't cogniz- you, you, your senses aren't heightened like they are when you're awake. I mean your eyes are open, you're, you, you know you're aware of what's going on, you're listening, you're functioning out of the natural man. But when you go to sleep, you well, you should be relaxed. Maybe you aren't, or But most of us are relaxed when we sleep and all of our natural defenses are down. And so it becomes an opportune moment that God can begin to talk to us without us alienating his voice. It's hard telling just because of us walking in the natural how much we alienate the voice of the Lord trying to get through to us. But when we're sleeping, there can be a portal through which God can begin to speak. Now, if you ever read these things or put them all together there have been many important world events believe it or not that have been based on dreams now I don't know that I can say all of these are God dreams but I just want to underscore to you that that dreams have had a powerful impact in the history of the world Constantine who was the emperor at the time Christianity transitioned from being a persecuted religion into a more accepted ...religion in the Roman Empire. Constantine was the guy that issued the Edict of Toleration, which which transferred the persecuted church into a more popular church. And there were sort of pluses and minuses that went with that whole ordeal. But Constantine came to this moment when he was ready to go into battle and he wasn't sure that he was going to win... And he accounts in his journal that he looked into the sky and he, and he had a vision or he had a dream he says of a cross, and a voice spoke to him from that cross, and it said, "By this you shall conquer and He understood that to be through through the acceptance of Christianity or Jesus christ, and of course historians have fussed around as to whether Constantine was truly converted, but truth of the matter is that was a transitional moment that the church was able to come out of the catacombs and able to be on the main streets of the Roman Empire. Albert Einstein, some of you, maybe, is Miss Shaw? Yeah, she, she may know all this. I think she was the one that told me one of these ones later. Albert Einstein's theory of relativity. He actually had a dream that he was riding a sled down a hill faster and faster until the sled burst into fantastic colors. And that's how he came up with his theories of relativity and the speed of light was from a dream. Abraham Lincoln some of you may know, actually had dreams of his assassination and saw his own body lying in state. Robert Louis, Robert Louis Stevenson, when he wrote Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, had a, a dream which that novel was based upon. Elias Howe had a dream, and he invented the sewing machine. He said he got the idea of the sewing machine through something he had dreamed. Uh, Dmitri Mendeleev, is that how you pronounce his name? Um... He dreamed and he actually saw, he constructed the periodic table of the elements. You remember back in high school when you went into your science teacher classroom and they had this big checkerboard up on the wall and they had all those different symbols and letters for the, you know, we all know H2O is, you know, two parts hydrogen, one part oxygen. AU is gold. You didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, I just exhausted what I know of the periodic table of the elements. I think N is nitrogen, I would flunk Ms. Shaw's class right now. I would be struggling in 8th grade science right now if I were there. But, but, he, but he dreamt that and, and actually was able, because it's not just a chart that they threw. Think I mean, it has, it has a reason. It's, it's, isn't that right? Ms. Shaw's going, I can't, see, I'm exhausting my 8th grade science right there. So. I had a friend in Spartanburg, his name was Richard and uh, he had an idea and he didn't get this by a dream it, this was more of a personal vision but he had a, he had an idea of trying to change well first off he he had a company that was built on recovering chemicals and being able to pull out the 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 elements that chemicals like if you use a special chemical to clean something you know how you ladies will clean your your fingernail polish with what's that called Acetone, and, and so he had a whole process where you could take that, that dirty acetone and take it through his process and you could get pure acetone again out of it. It would remove whatever it was used for. And, 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 and he had done well. It was quite a lucrative business. Well, he also got this idea, well, if you could do that for chemicals, why couldn't you do that for water? And so he began to think about why not taking wastewater, literally human wastewater, and could you take it through a process in order to get pure drinking water? Is that possible? And he tried and tried and tried and tried. And he couldn't figure out. He knew it was going to take heat and, and some other things in order to, to do this. But he testified that one night, God gave him a dream and he showed him. And, and when he did this, it was, it was kind of like not too long after Back to the Future. And you remember the flux capacitor in Back to the Future, and, and it was that, well, he said he got like this vision of this flux capacitor that was a vacuum and heat, and anyway, he got it at night, he didn't know, he, he was absolutely stumped up to that, went into his workroom out in the garage and made this thing, and, and he was able to change wastewater into 99% pure water. In fact, when he began to sell this, he actually sells it to municipalities, which, instead of having to build those giant sewage plants, you could send it to this. And literally, you could, you could take the waste out of it, sell it for fertilizer, and then put your pure water right back into wherever you wanted to put it. But in order to demonstrate how well it worked, he'd open up the faucet at the end of the demonstration. And he'd drink the water himself. An amazing thing. But listen, he, he made hundreds of thousands of dollars. Isn't that amazing? And it was from a dream. I, you know, I, when I was called to the ministry, I won't go through the whole story, but there were a series of dreams. You want me to tell the whole story? We say, I, won't, I have to tell you the quick version. I'm going to tell you the quick version. Quick version was, I'd only been saved about three months. One night, I went to bed, had a dream that I was preaching or speaking in front of this fairly large crowd, which was really kind of an unusual thing for me because, as you've heard me tell stories, I, I hyperventilated. In those days, I mean, it was it just was so nervous and I couldn't do something like that. And so I remember waking up and it was it was it was a Saturday night, Sunday morning. And I thought, well, that is really that is really a weird, weird dream. And I just sort of threw it off to the side, didn't think much about it. Went to church uh, that day. And um, in the dream, there was a friend of mine. That's right. There was there was a friend of mine that was in and uh, we had gone to high school together. uh, But he had gone to college a couple states away. And so uh, we weren't in constant contact, but, but uh, you know, we were still pretty good friends and would contact on occasion. But uh, anyway, went to church that day and ran into this friend's sister at church. When I ran into his sister, she came up to me and she said, Kevin, I just got to tell you, this was the weirdest thing last night. I had this dream about you and Jimmy. His name was Jimmy. I had this dream about you and Jimmy, and you were speaking in front of this great crowd of people. And I, and I said, I Really, I said I had a dream like that last night, and I have to understand I only got about three months, just enough to be really dangerous. So, so I said, "Wow, that's really wild." And uh, I said, "What do you think?" He said, I, "She goes, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what it meant, but I just felt like I just shared that real briefly." I said, "Wow, that's, that's really wild." So the day went on, went to evening service, went home that night, and. Uh, from all of that Nazarene College Jimmy called me on the phone that night kind of unexpected and he said Kevin I said yeah he said hey I'm calling you I know it's kind of weird that I'm calling you out of the blue but I just needed to tell you last night I had this really weird dream and he and he started to tell me again the same same dream and I said Jimmy have you talked to your sister he said well no I haven't talked to her I said well she she came up to me today and said she had this same dream and, and we were in it and And, you know, so we had this whole conversation and finally I said, well, what do you think that means? And he said, I don't know what it may mean for you, but I think God's talking to me about going into the ministry and and being called to preach his word. And, And at that moment, that was when the witness of the spirit came. And so God used that in order to call me into the ministry. And there've been so many times that you know, you want to give up, you want to quit, you want to throw in the towel, you just, you know, all the normal feelings a human being would have. But, you know, it's always good when you're called that you can go back to a place where you know that God spoke. Because you you, you can miss a lot of things, but when he speaks like that, you, for me, I told Trace, I said, I can't walk, you can't walk away from it. It'd be, it'd be like you're just losing your salvation to hear God speak so clearly. And then, and then to just walk away from it. So that's just one way. That's not the only way God speaks to us. But it is one of the ways God can speak to us. Now, why do we fail to remember or to see the significance of dreams? Well, number one is I, I think we've never been taught to analyze them. A lot of times I think a lot of, you know, there, there, there are a lot of dreams that we have and they're meaningless. I'll just say that off. You have dreams and not every dream you have is a God dream. Some of it's just junk mail. I mean, it's just stuff. It's not God trying to talk to you. It's just stuff. I'm going to tell you how you know when it's a God dream. It's the dendrites, exactly, being cleansed. But we've never been taught to think or to analyze what, what we dream about. We just wake up and we go, well, that was weird. And we just kind of go on with our day. Secondly, we're uh, ignorant to their significance. Now, this is very important. These are things you might want to just make mental note of. 95% of your dreams have to do with you and not others. It's just like, it, this is the same precept as like when you get a word. Can I just share this? Most of the time when you get a word, it's probably more for you than anyone else. And until it's filtered through that system first, you need to be very careful before it's just released into other people's lives. When Peter received his dream with all the animals you know coming down from heaven and all the things that were going on it 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 wasn't about the jewish law he wasn't he wasn't at that moment commanded to go out and proclaim in the temple to all the jews that are there that these animals are no longer unclean that wasn't the point of it the point of the dream was your prejudice peter this is about you okay so keep that in mind when god starts talking the reason he's talking to you It's because it's you. All right. Isn't that revelational? Number three, sometimes we don't want to hear perhaps what they're saying to us. That's why we fail to see the significance. And number four, it's hard to untangle the subjective from the objective. I mean, any of you had a dream when you're flying? Yeah, well, you can't fly, can you? so we obviously know that's a subjective type dream i mean that has a little analogy in it but there are other dreams we have that are quite objective it's almost as if it's like you know i know deja vu is not not necessarily righteous but there's almost like this godly deja vu it's like it's like it's it's this is real and it's hard to untangle what's symbolic what's what's not symbolic what's subjective what's objective Again, I'll just share with you, I think 95% of dreams have a lot of symbolism and, again, are speaking to the one who is dreaming. 5% are objective and and may really have a a objective scenario that God's trying to speak to you. I mean, you can go through the Bible real quickly. And remember Joseph's dream that he had, and it was about corn stalks bowing and stars bowing. I mean, that was... That was all great symbolism, and then the Pharaoh had dreams. You know, the thin cows ate the fat cows. There's a, there's a, there's an old Andrew Lloyd Webber album called Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dream Code. And if you've never heard that, it really is kind of a neat musical because that's how I remember. That's how I remember all the tribes of Israel because there's this little neat song that goes with all the tribes of Israel. So that's how I remember. But I also remember the song that went with the Pharaoh's dream. Because it was like one of those fifties, you know, uh uh songs. Uh-huh, uh-huh the thing uh, uh-huh, the thing goes, ate the fat cows, which I thought I'd do them good. Oh, uh-huh, ho uh-huh, Bop she wada wa bop bop Okay. Anyway. That wasn't in my notes. But you start thinking about dreams, and man, there's just there's an incredible amount of dreaming in the scripture. Now let me just give you some, this is, this is when God dreams show up. Let me give you some practical significance of these dreams. They are used to help benefit a person. You know, I'll go back to Peter again. It was used to knock out some of his prejudice that he was carrying. It was, it was uh, used to help benefit society and culture because God spoke to both Joseph and the Pharaoh why did he speak to them in dreams? What was God's ultimate plan for them to, to receive this dream and put into place? What was the reason for all of that? Because there was a famine in the land, right? And people would have starved. And the whole nation may have been wiped out had it not been for the fact that Joseph had a dream and Pharaoh had a dream and the interpretation and all these things happened. And so it was to benefit society and culture if we can understand their application. They can also give us direction In difficult times. Is that not true in the passages that I just read to you with Joseph? I mean, they're in an incredibly difficult time. And God speaks through dreams in order to give them direction. Now, whenever direction comes, we have to handle that well. And obviously they did. And and we'll begin to talk about that uh, as well. And biblically, I have found that dreams appear to increase at moments of great transition. Or significance in the kingdom of God. I mean, when Jesus was showing up, do you understand how much supernatural communication was happening all over the place? I I didn't read to you, though, but it says here, um, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. I mean, all of Jerusalem was in a stir. They knew something was in the air that was about ready to take place with regards to a messiah. And so um, there was just this atmosphere of God speaking. And obviously, when Christ came, it was one of the greatest transitional moments in history. And, and so whenever there's transition going on in your life, God will begin to speak to you. Whenever there's transition in the earth, God will begin to speak. He really doesn't want his people to be caught flat-footed. If we have ears to hear, he really wants to begin to speak into our life. And so let's just begin to talk about how do I handle a dream that I may believe to be from the Lord. Let's just get right to it. and You know, again, there's 10 hours of stuff that, that we could talk about, but we don't have 10 hours. We've got about 15 minutes. Okay. Give you everything you need to know in 15 minutes. Number one, if God speaks to you like this, and can I just share this with you? That, that I have found that when, once you find how God speaks to you, that's usually how God speaks to you. It's not that he won't break out of the mold at times. He broke out of the mold with dreaming with me. Now, I probably, on one hand, can count to you the number of times I know that I've had a God dream. Now, I've walked with the Lord for 30 plus years. So he's not giving me a dream every other day. So so, I, I won't, I'm not saying he couldn't or he wouldn't, or nor am I saying that he couldn't or he wouldn't with you. But I'm just saying that that. That however God speaks to you is probably how he will continue to speak to you because he's really wanting to have a conversation. So write it down, especially if it's a dream, as to not lose significant details and clarity. If you don't write dreams down, and we're going to talk just a moment about how you know it's a God dream. But what can happen is you can begin to embellish or to maybe imagine that which was not there. So... Write it down as quickly as possible as to not lose significant details and clarity. This gives exact recall for later interpretation. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel three nineteen that the prophets of old kept journals of such things. In fact, it says, so Samuel grew and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. Now, we, we can interpret that maybe a couple different ways, but I believe that The prophets kept journals of what God said. And uh, that's not bad for you to do as well. I keep a journal on certain prophecies that God has spoken over my life and over this local church. Also, when you write it down, you can compare it to the scripture, which shall be your guide. Everything is measured by the scripture. Number two, carefully examine the dream. Meditate and pray as to what God may be saying. What is God saying here? Secondly, is it consistent with scripture? In other words, if there's a lot of violence or or death, I mean, I'm not saying those things can't be a word from the Lord, but God's usually about life and peace. Um, But nonetheless, you, you need to make sure it's consistent with the scripture. So carefully examine the dream. Number three, if the dream is giving direction, then use the same means to discern it as a prophetic word. Have you determined what you believe God is saying and not the opinion of another's interpretation? I always tell this to people. You're ultimately responsible for yourself as to what God is saying. You may receive a prophetic word and those things can be confirmatory and helpful. Um, You can get a dream and ask other people and they can give you their insight. But ultimately, it is your responsibility It's not, you can't look and if you've made a decision because somebody had a dream and shared with you this dream and you felt like you were supposed to do this because they had a dream or they had a word and now it didn't work out like you thought and you get mad at whoever it was that gave you that, you don't have anyone else to be mad at but you. Because you are the last line of responsibility as to whether or not you feel like this is God speaking to you. At times it is good to receive counsel. The Bible says there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. And so, you know, before you just take off in a direction, sometimes it's good to get input and counsel. In fact, I would highly suggest that uh, before you act on a subjective matter. And then let her see: do you also understand the timing issues that may surround certain issues? You know, Joseph had a dream uh, concerning the corn stalks and the stars, and, uh, you know, there were 20-some years before that thing came to pass. Are you ready for some timing You know, God can speak to you, and there may be some timing issues that come into play. So please remember that as you discern the word that's been given to you. Number four, I put down here, the peace of God plays a big part in receiving or rejecting dreams. Colossians 3.15 says to let the peace of God rule in your heart. Now, this is really a good point, and and I make it from time to time. Romans 8.16 says that, that his spirit bears witness with our spirit. Now, please, please receive this with great maturity at this point. God will oftentimes tell you things or speak to you things that will not give you peace of mind. But he's not out to give you peace of mind. It says, let the peace of God rule where? Didn't say let the peace of God rule in your brain. It said, let it rule in your heart. When it says that his spirit bears witness with our. Oh, it didn't say our brain. His spirit bears witness with our spirit. So you need to be real careful because I've listened through the years for folks say at various levels say this doesn't make. Oops, 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 you think about the whole Christmas story. Does that make sense? Give a 14-year-old girl the Messiah in her belly, unmarried, scandalous. I don't know that I'd have, I'd have done it that way. I think if God had asked me, I I might have said, "You might want to think that one through again, Lord." What if Mary looked and and, and said, you know when the angel's talking to her, think about that. the angel's talking to her, and she goes, I "Don't think that bears witness with my spirit." <laughs> you know it's really interesting what she says here. If you ever go back and read that again, I believe it's in her song that she sings in Luke chapter it just made me think of this. Um, it says she says in luke one forty six my soul." magnifies the lord and my spirit has rejoiced in god my savior (laughs) i'll bet because i'll guarantee you what she was receiving wasn't making sense in her mind it was probably causing a little stir in her emotions and i probably she got to praise the lord out of there it had to come out of the inner man so soul just had to magnify the lord and let her spirit and her spirit says it will rejoice in god my savior so anyway, that's a good point. So you've got you to be mature enough to not, to not just find what makes sense, but you've got to make sure you're hearing what God's saying in, in, in everything that's happening. Number five, God usually gives specific direction to the individual he wants to direct. Caution should be exercised when acting on another person's dream for you. And what that means is, is, and again, this is just an aspect of control. I've been around this long enough to know that, I mean, I've received words from folks through the years. And some have told me this is the way the church needs to go. This is what we need to do. Well, that's great. I mean, I'm not saying that you didn't hear from God. And, and, and for me, every, you know, every uh, truth is confirmed on the testimony of two or three. So you might have heard from God and it might be correct. I know number two is I'm going to hear from God. And once I get it too, then that's at least two, and probably that may be enough to go forward. But, but we need to be careful that, that if you get a word or a dream from someone else, that before you act on it, you better be sure you've, you've got that personally. Um, remember, if you, are a part, if you are a part of another person's dream, there is a greater chance that you are simply a character in their communication and interaction with God. See, I've had all kinds of dreams, and some of you have been in them. I've had dreams with people I've met through the years that have been involved in it, and it had nothing to do with them. It had more to do with what God was saying to me. They were just characters in the play. Now, I've I've known people for years. I show up in their dream, and they automatically think, somehow or another, it's for me. No. Probably, maybe not i mean i'm not saying it didn't i mean there's a 95 5 percent. so you know god could do anything but sometimes people are just the characters or the players in the dream that god is wanting to speak to you about number six this is really important god's dreams tend to be unmistakably remembered now you know and if you've had god speak to you through a dream you you know this already Uh, But, you know, I'll I'll wake up and Tracy will go, man, I had some wild dreams. And I'll look, yeah, I was funny. Uh, You know, if I take two Tylenol PM, I'm going to have some wild dreams. And that ain't God. That's Tylenol. I know that already. I know that if I drink coffee after 3 p.m., it's going to talk to me at 3 a.m. And that's not God. All right? I, I already know this. God's dreams though, will be unmistakably remembered. Lots of junk can be cleansed in our mind through the night. Let me also put this out there. R-rated dreams, because sometimes, truth of the matter is, all of us have dreams that do not reflect our true character. And R-rated dreams could mean, for, for example, that an evil spirit is attempting to oppress you. It's not a reflection of your character, necessarily, but... It's trying to cause a snare, deal with it as any oppression, and break its attempt. Have you ever been in a situation in a dream where it's like you're being attacked or challenged or chased and and, and you're wanting, maybe you're even wanting to pray and you can't even pray? Has that ever happened? You can't get it out? Well, try praying in the Spirit at that moment and see if that won't break it. See, that's one of the reasons you pray in the Spirit, because you don't know what to pray. The Holy Spirit comes. And as soon as you wake up, you can break it as well uh, and 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 go back to sleep. I've actually got up, uh, broke it, and then went back to sleep and went back into the same dream and actually had authority at that moment. And so it was a different outcome in a different scenario. So, so there's a lot that could be said on this. A dream, it's uh, excuse me, the Bible also speaks of false dreams and visions. So... Obviously, um, when we're having a portal open to the spirit realm, it it is one of those moments that potentially the enemy can come, just like he can throw certain thoughts or circumstances or scenarios. Even at night, he can throw things and uh, see if he can hook something with what he's thrown at you. So that needs to be discerned as well. And then number seven I wrote down here, a dream is sealed instruction that needs opening. In the book of Job, And we'll read this, and then we'll be done, and maybe I'll field just a question, or two, or three. Job 33, verse 14, it says, For God may speak in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering on their beds, then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction." And then jump over to verse 29. Behold, God works all these things twice, in fact, three times with a man. And so uh, I believe that dreams can be sent more than once. You know, God's not trying to throw things at us and then, and then you know, say, oops, you missed it. Too bad, you got plan B. Um, but he'll bring things around two, three times. And And when he gives you dreams, though, they are sealed instructions. And so... I encourage you, remember the colors you see, the numbers that are there, the symbols, and all of these things are a part of understanding your dreams. And again, I'll just encourage you, if this is really of interest to you, go get a couple of those books by Herman Riffel, and he actually has a glossary in the back of his books that are fascinating. Uh, And in that glossary, he begins to um, just give possible interpretations to things that might show up Uh, In your dream, Uh, for instance, um, if you're at an airport in your dream, that's a place of waiting. Um, I remember one dream I had. I was in this airplane, and it was it was set back like this, and that thing it was like catapulted. It was just unmistakable, and I believe the Lord was saying, "I'm going to catapult you into some things," because it was just I I could tell just by the way it was, but it was very symbolic. I'll just throw something out. If if, if if you're in a dream and you're in a courthouse, what do you think that might mean? Yeah. What about a barn? <laughs> no, you're not a pig or a cow. That's not what that means. It may be a storehouse or something. I'm just reading some things. Flies. Things that are unclean. Um, what about a snake? Yeah, witchcraft. Yeah. So you see what I'm saying here when these things, what about a hospital? When you're falling? Uh, it may well say that, I don't, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so anyway, but, but I would not be surprised again tonight if some of you go home and God says, well, I had you hear it tonight at church, now I'm going to speak to you through a dream. All right, stand with me, will you? And we'll pray and cut you loose. Thank you, Lord. Lord, right now, I pray that you would begin to open up the heavens and talk to us. Your word says, see to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. Lord, we don't want to refuse you, but help us to hear you and what it is you're wanting to communicate. Lord, thank you that you've done that in times past, obviously, by seeing the hands of your people go up. And Lord, I just pray that that would increase and sharpen, that our ears would be attuned to hearing you in amazing ways, that Lord, we could could hear like Joseph heard here in the scripture, and that we would know whether to turn to the right or to the left, and that we would have, if I could say it, a divine advantage, because we're in connection with You, who knows the end from the beginning. So, Lord, that ought to give us some sense of it and advantage as a believer. So I pray, Lord, that we would take that seriously, we would handle it well, and that, Lord, as you speak to us, we would be quick to obey in as much as it is possible. So, Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing in people's lives. Thank you, Lord, that the greatest days are still ahead. And we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you.